0: You're listening to the Plain Talking UK Podcast. The UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Stevings, Matt Smith, and Neville Bounds.
1: I've got email. <laughs>
2: And you're always the one who's having a go at me about not turning their phone off or signing down and stuff okay. Anyway, <laughs> hello and welcome to episode number 277. Anyway,
1: you could shut up, you left me on my own last of week. Of the Plain Talking UK <laughs> podcast.
2: I'm Carl Stebbings, and joining me in the studio this week... Yeah, he's really waspy today,
1: good luck everyone. It's Smith.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone. Hello. How are we all? How Hello. are we? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really quite uh, chuffed. Actually, I, I had a really nice day Wednesday.
1: Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you do anything interesting? Well, no. Yeah, okay. Well, well whilst, whilst
2: I was busy working, I went and had a, uh, a look round Bristol, or well, Aerospace Bristol. It's an aviation museum.
1: I'm sorry. What you said? While you were busy working. Well,
2: technically, I was working, ish. And then right. I just I decided to get one of those Uber things a what? to, uh, to wow. uh, Aerospace Bristol. And, uh, okay. I, and I, have to go, I have to say, actually, because I know some of the guys who uh, who shoot me around on Wednesday will be probably watching or listening okay. to this week's show. Um, so I want to say a big thanks to everyone at Aerospace Bristol. Um, too many names to mention. Ollie, um, I had a chat with Ollie, interviewed okay. Ollie. And all the staff there as well, who are all, I will say, volunteers who uh, look after and uh, help all the uh, visitors to the show. A big thanks to you because I really had a great day. And for anyone who's uh, in and around the Bristol area in the UK, it is definitely worth a visit, the museum, because it is fantastic. And I got to walk on board Nev's... Favourite uh, BA Concorde. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. But uh, obviously,
1: joining us this week, uh, he's back as well. Uh, he's been on holiday. I'm delighted to say the injunction has been lifted because I think it's the first time that we've actually had both both Nev and Armando on the same show. And he's back from his, <laughs> his holidays. He's had
2: a, a fantastic trip on a 777.
3: So, welcome Ooh. back, Neville. Baird. Hello. Yes, I am back. I have survived. (laughs) Oh, hi, Nev. I've missed you. (laughs) And more importantly, had a superb time with Mrs. Nev and Auntie Liz in Toronto. And I cannot tell you what a superb trip it was. We did everything from Sue uh, going up the CN Tower to me going flying with... uh, uh, the Flying Doctor, John Brown, and uh, Chris Pratt out of uh, Toronto yes. City Airport in a little light aircraft, which oh. was interesting, to say the least. okay to going to see Niagara Falls, <gasps> to going down to Niagara-on-the-Lake, to going on a bus tour. We did everything, and we packed it all in in a week, and I can't say how... Uh, grateful I am to Liz for organising everything. It just went like clockwork, and of course the weather was spot on too. So it, it could not have been better. So uh, we are tired but happy. I think well too. fantastic.
1: And of course, I mean, you know, as she is the one that spends her entire time, entire time organising APG. I mean, you know that when you rock up uh, in Auntie Liz's com- company, that everything is going to be I's dotted, cross T's crossed, mm-hmm. ready to ready to rock. So it's uh, more importantly, Nev. I'm delighted. First of all, obviously. That you've had a lovely time uh visiting Auntie Liz, and that uh, you know Auntie Sue managed but now i, I genuinely because I know I know you do a lot of flying, but of course sue doesn't uh, how what was your experience of the triple seven uh, like i mean did did you did you get more out of it perhaps than than Sue or were there sort of you know we. Was well, she comfortable? yeah, go,
3: going westbound, uh, the, the weather was very benign. Uh, you know, no bumps at all. It was re- it was really nice. We uh, we paid a bit extra to be in those uh, those nice lay flat beds. Oh, lovely! Oh, right. <laughs>
1: okay, nice, Quite yeah. good.
3: Uh, on the way back, of course, though, you're coming back overnight, and you've got those uh, North Atlantic jet streams, which mm. are you know, there's wind speeds of 100 miles an hour plus. So it uh, can be a little bit bumpy. Right, uh, okay. But the advantage is, of course, you get back in almost under six hours, and um, it was a a really good trip back, and uh, I got a bit of sleep on the plane, and so did Mrs Neb, so that was good. Um, I'm quite glad, though, that I didn't take a flying uh, with the good doctor okay. in his aircraft because <laughs> right. uh, that was a little bit more bumpy because right. it's a much smaller aircraft. I don't mind it because we like a bit of GA, don't we? Yeah. But uh, um, yes, it was uh, not the smoothest of flights. No, but having no. said that, it was a tremendous experience mixing it with real commercial traffic yeah. coming into the city airport in Toronto. Oh, of course. So uh, yeah. it was just, uh, it couldn't have been better. And uh, John and his wife Brenda put on a lovely barbecue for us in oh, their superb wow. house. So, oh, you know it it just it just got better and better as as the week went on so uh yeah really really nice and uh, even the the twenty two year old twenty three uh, was <laughs> was quite nice. So yeah, okay. it worked as
2: well. Very good. Actually, I was going to say, how was the twenty three year old the triple seven you flew out on? So obviously, being the geek person I am, I did try to fly out. So. It was
3: fine. I mean, I think they they've done the interior a little bit better since I last went on one a while ago. Um, but um, yeah, it's all right. And um, we we were booked on the Dreamliner originally, but that got swapped to a triple. Seven. But had we taken the aircraft before, the, the flight before, which is BA93 and 92 on the way back, it's still, they're using the Air Berlin a Oh 300 okay. which they're wet leasing because they still don't have enough aircraft at BA no. due to Rolls-Royce Trent issues. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. On the same line. Well, yeah. I'm glad so, you had
2: a good time, there.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, we did. You Thank you.
2: And joining us as well this week, as always, is our... Awesome host from across the pond, Armando. Yeah,
1: my actual partner in crime last week because yeah. you lot all mobbed off. How? how <laughs> it? think you?
4: We, I think we pulled it off, right,
1: Matt? Yeah, I think so. I think we got away with it, didn't we? Just about. Just about. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't had any complaints from Nev yet, which I'm taking as a positive sign.
4: Uh, <laughs> well, good thing by the end of this episode, he'll never remember that. So,
1: good point. Good point. Let's. Shall, we'll move on, shall we? Uh, <laughs> Well, I listened to it anyway. So. Did you? Okay, um, very good. Yeah. Never do it to me again, please. Oh no. yeah. <laughs> so we've, uh, we've got
2: lots to pack in tonight's show, and uh, as always, but uh, we have got some sort of house-tidying uh, house kind of work to do uh, as uh, it is obviously uh, towards the beginning of the month, and uh, we've uh, had a very nice, generous uh, donations coming from our Patreon li- uh, donators. So, uh, Nev, who are we thanking this month?
3: We are thanking the following people for their generous donations. It's Adam Spink, Andrew Wilson, Captain Jeff, Eric Graves, Evan Shue, Graham Haley, Jacob Darlington Brown, Jeff Ward, Jonathan Warner, Jordan Rose, Liz Piper, Masha, Matt Caton, Matt Donnemeyer, Myla, uh, Owen, uh, Leo, uh, Neil Lamon, Nicholas Hewitt, Nico Rega, uh, Philip Labe Ray Williams, Reuben Wells, Ryan Harper, Stuart Backer, Stephanie Plummer, Steve Andress, and Stuart Black, and we have regular PayPal donations from Jennifer Parkinson, and we have some one-off PayPal donations from Richard Evans, uh, sorry Richard Adams, and Tony Stubbing. So thank you, one and all, for your superb and of
1: co- course uh, Philip Davis. We mustn't forget him as well. Indeed, because um, yes. we, we get regular donations from him we also, do. don't we? So thank you, Phil. Good. Yeah, yeah really appreciate it. Thanks.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, and don't forget if you want to help to uh, to push the show along as we do each week, uh, you can become a Patreon over uh, at Patreon via our website. Just click on the link. Uh, the Patreon link, and that will take you over to there. Or if you want to make a one-off PayPal donation to, uh, to help the show, uh, you can do via the PayPal link on there as well.
1: Don't forget if you are completely skint, like me, and not able to do so, you can but do buy stuff on Amazon. You can use the link on our website uh, to do your Amazon shopping, and what we get is a referral fee from that. Um, so, as I say, you can actually uh, donate to the show by just doing your shopping online. Which I've done. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I can't because it was set up on my account. So uh, <laughs> the stuff that I buy <laughs> it doesn't get registered because it's on my account. Apparently that's cheating. Oh. But but, uh, uh, but yeah. no,
2: thank you to everyone
1: who has helped uh,
2: keep the show going, and uh, we have got loads and loads of stuff coming up later this year: airshow attendances and videos and uh, segments coming. Uh, to you, great video segments actually coming up uh, yeah, yes. later on. And yes. we've also got some special stuff coming up from Armando as well. Can't wait uh, for that. going to be really so, good. Uh, looking yeah. forward to
1: that. Yeah.
2: So there we go. Right. So we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, I'll go with Nev first. If you're ready, Nev. <laughs> yes, surprisingly, I am. <laughs> if you're ready, Armando. Ready to go. Hit it, Matt. Hey, soaking off this week's first news story. This one is on the Guardian.com and uh, this is something that you may have seen in the news feeds this week it comes with video and pictures and uh, caused quite a stir within the aviation network this uh, headline two planes collide at Amsterdam airport causing delays so two aircraft collided at Amsterdam Schiphol airport causing hours of delays for hundreds of passengers Uh, an easy jet A320 bound for London and a KLM Boeing 737-800 heading to Madrid were both reversing away from their gates a process called pushback. They collided on uh, Tuesday morning this week and uh, photographs taken by travellers on both aircraft show that the EasyJet aircraft's wing appeared to become lodged in the uh, stabilisers at the tail end of the other aircraft. Uh, A passenger on board the EasyJet flight told the press association he had experienced a bit of a jolt (laughs) after the collision but he thought it was nothing unusual. Hmm. Travelers on the aircraft had to wait more than an hour on the tarmac while ground staff worked out how to deal with the incident he said. They then faced further delay of about four hours, but uh, he added that uh, he's just happy that everyone is okay. Passengers on the KLM service to Madrid were more swiftly put on a replacement aircraft, and both aircraft involved in the collision have been withdrawn from service for inspection. I'm not surprised. EasyJet can confirm that uh, that, uh, two aircraft made contact during pushback from the stand, uh, one of which was EasyJet flight EJU-8868 from Amsterdam to London, Uh, the company said in a statement. Passengers were disembarked to the terminal uh, where they've been provided with updates refreshment vouchers very nice in line with procedures to understand what happened. So KLM, the Dutch national carrier tweeted in the morning uh, the uh, KLM Boeing uh, 737-800 hit another aircraft during pushback at the gate. The passengers were not in danger and were taken off the aircraft after two and a half hour delay. Uh, The passengers left with another aircraft and it's being Fully investigated as to why and how the situation could have arose. Now, Matt, you've got a video which you're playing out on the live feed for those of you who are watching in the world of YouTube, and uh, this is just after the two aircraft had collided, and uh, you can see there quite uh, quite a good slice through uh, through the. You know, yeah, yeah. Could yeah. I just
3: uh, could I just point out something. That is vertical video. Yeah, We're not yeah, doing uh, right. Yeah, okay,
1: sorry. <laughs> it's the best I could do in short notice, I'm sorry. <laughs> Nev's back, everyone. <laughs> and there's uh, there's also
2: a, a good uh, other piece of video as well, which is available, which um, we have on the links for the show notes, uh, of uh, the ATC uh, communications between uh, the two aircraft. It's only a short uh, little piece, but it also does have the video as well. It's... Uh, on the show notes, just underneath the oh, that one. Story. Oh, right. Okay, very he's, good. You could tell yeah. he's he's yeah. had yeah. a hard week. That has bad yeah. yeah, I have. Um, yeah. So we will probably listen to that. Should we listen to that? Yeah. Now? Shall we give it a listen? Yeah.
1: Here we go. He says, "Come on." I did hear. I did hear a whoosh. So it's perhaps we're
0: just waiting for it. And
1: our uh, ground three more. to nine 94 delta November
0: Delta twenty five. We're ready for takeoff. start Shalpine, nine 94 Delta November. Start up. Was approved? Start uh, and push approved, Delphine 94, Delta, November. Good morning, Kelm 6 Van Zulu, Delta 3, TNZ-1, we're going to push. Kelm 6 Van Zulu, we're going to go, start and push approved. Start and push approved, Kelm 6 Van Zulu.
1: Be advised, scientists have been treated. Uh, yeah. Kelm 6
0: Van Zulu, hold position. Hold position, Kelm 6 Van Zulu. Delphine 94, Delta, November. Now by 9 for Delta November, uh, Delta 25 was parking. Hold position sir. Yeah, we're holding position.
1: Uh, we're on the push we clear before, right?
0: Uh, yeah, and uh, well, if possible, make it a pull forward uh, back to the center. Yeah, but
1: there's a KLF directly behind us uh, pushing.
0: Yeah, that is correct. Completely misunderstanding because I figured you would be on the, the hotel pier, but it's Delta two 5 now. Uh, if possible, uh, caution and then back to the gate. Okay, I will pull to the ground tree, just stand by one second.
1: Caleb 61 Zulu.
0: Six one Zulu. Yeah, wij hebben easy up geraakt as good. Yeah was he wel raak in the rack? Yeah. <laughs> Ja, wat zijn? Ohie, dat is een hele vervelend. En nou, ja, op dit moment uh kan ik even niet te doen. Excuses, sowieso. We gaan de ijsheel bezitten naar voren proberen te halen en kijken wat er gebeurt.
1: I like, I like what it says on the bottom. There it says, oops, that was a nasty one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you get the gist. Uh, <laughs>
3: now, I'm no expert in these matters, Um but I think that there's situations where there should be ground crew. Standing around the aircraft to wing- sure there's sufficient clearance. Yeah, that there doesn't
2: appear to be. Just now, Armando, you've you've worked you know, on the ramp as such. You you know sort of pretty much more than we we do about this. What do you think uh, could have happened here?
4: Oh, I think it's exactly that. I think you know, you know we've talked about this uh, multiple times. Where there should be wing walkers, there should be one on each wing, so that total of four people should have been looking out. Um, and the standard is those wing walkers need to be in a location or walking in a location and paying attention um within sight of the tug driver also um now they were you know obviously the the uh, ground controller thought that the easyjet was on a different on probably on the other side of the terminal so he cleared them both but uh i would put this solidly on the ground crew for not uh you know doing their job it's literally why we have wing walkers did, on the ATC
2: um, audio there, did, did, do you all notice as well that both aircraft, did, they did get the clearance at the same time? I mean, obviously, he might have got the, the stands wrong, but they did both get that clearance at the same time. Well, pretty much yeah, the same they did. time.
4: I mean, I, I, the uh, the controller messed up, and I think he knew it. He said, well, well I, I thought you were on Hotel Pier, but you're actually at Delta 25. Uh, nothing we can do about it right now, so let's just push you back into the gate
1: as you do yeah
4: and also
2: actually nev as you you pointed out as well before we started the show that the uh the distance between those um those stat or the stands and the piers was not uh not not a big distance
3: no and i would have thought that you know bearing in mind it's a very busy ramp that they would have had the wing walkers there to, to see what what was going on but um yeah this is me being the uh monday morning quarterback
1: uh, <laughs> right. are, are you being a bit too practical and sensible there. about it, no, if said, it, is. That it? Um, yeah so there's some
3: um some paperwork to fill out and some metal to bend mm.
1: yes i don't think yeah. it'll tea cut out certainly
2: <laughs> anyway moving on to uh, to the next story matt and uh, this this was quite a shocker actually for me when i when this popped up this week because it's um it's a destination that you don't normally associate with said
1: airline right okay yes so this is on the independent.co.uk and the headline is Ryanair launches cheap flights to Beirut uh, but only from Cyprus Uh, So, uh, Europe's biggest budget airline is moving into one of the last bastions of high fares among Mediterranean nations. Uh, From the 30th of October, Ryanair will fly to Beirut three times a week from Paphos in Cyprus. Uh, Initial fares uh, will start at 15 euros, that's just £13 each way. Lebanon will be the 38th nation served by the Irish carrier. The uh, Boeing 737 link is uh, scheduled to take 65 minutes to cover the 183 miles between the two airports. The airline's spokesman, um, Chiara Chirarana. Uh, Ravera said that we're pleased to announce Ryanair's low fares have arrived at Beirut, our newest airport and first in Lebanon. Lebanon. Customers in Lebanon can now book low fares to Paphos as far out as March 2020. Ryanair already flies from Paphos to the two neighbouring hubs, Tel Aviv and Amman. The move to serve the Lebanese capital comes nine years after Lebanon's then-tourist minister, uh, Fadi Aboud, who uh, told The Independent we need cheaper flights. I really want Ryanair and EasyJet to consider Lebanon. Fares on British Airways and Middle East airlines from Heathrow to Beirut are currently over £300 return. With a stop in Paphos, research by The Independent shows travellers can easily put together itineraries costing £115 return from Stansted via Paphos. Uh, There will also be cheap connections from Bournemouth and Liverpool via Paphos on Ryanair. But I must admit uh, Bournemouth to, uh, to 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 somewhere in Lebanon. Is not somewhere I'd have thought was a particularly <laughs> popular a route, a but uh, random yeah, destination. Yeah, it though. is a bit of a random destination. But uh, well, you know, I mean, good luck to him. That's
2: what I say. Nev, ideas for your next uh, trip away? What on Ryanair? Hmm. I, part well, of me well, would yeah.
1: pay money to see Nev on a Ryanair flight to Beirut.
3: <laughs> no, oh, well, no. Um, I, th- I've probably got to do a, a trip report one of these days. On yes. On the lovely Irish carrier. so <laughs> right. I'll see if I can bring
1: myself to do that. At My goodness. Uh, yes, that will be. Uh, there will be, to be fair, Nev, there will be many people wanting to sit alongside you just to witness firsthand uh, your, your experience. <laughs> that I really went. <laughs> yeah, <true>. absolutely. <laughs> nobody, M- will believe, nobody will believe you. The for most start, downloaded
2: NPE yeah. ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, Nev, uh, next story is for you, and it's good news for anyone wanting to go to Beijing.
3: It is. And uh, British Airways has revealed that it'll be uh, operating flights to Beijing's brand new airport uh, later this year. And uh, the airline's announced it'll be moving its direct flights to and from Heathrow to the brand new airport as of the 27th of October. There's no denying that the Beijing Daxing is a pretty impressive offering. It looks a very funky airport, actually. It was designed by the late Zahar Hadid. Uh, The airport spans the size of approximately 140 football fields. In fact, the terminal building alone is 700,000 square meters. The main construction of the airport was completed earlier this year and now the final touches are being put in place ahead of its grand opening set for September later this year. BA is the first international airline to confirm it will be moving its operations to Beijing Beijing Daxing, which sits approximately 50 kilometres from Beijing's city centre. The company says that it hopes the move will strengthen and develop its network through its code-share agreement with China Southern Airlines, which will also be based at the airport. The new route will be operated by uh, Boeing 787-9 aircraft in the winter and 777-300 aircraft in the summer and will continue as a daily service. Return fares start from £387 in World Traveler, £758 in World Traveler Plus, £1,899 in Club World, and 2,199 in first class. The long-haul flights will include perks such as complimentary food and drink, latest in-flight entertainment, online check-in, and free seat selection 24 hours prior to departure. It's estimated that Beijing's new airport will be hosting 72 million passengers annually by 2025. However, it's been designed to accommodate nearly 100 million passengers, so there is the possibility it could expand further down the line. The central body of the airport is where passengers will find heaps of shops and restaurants, as well as the airport security. Each arm of the building will lead out to the boarding gates and eight runways, would you believe? Although when it opens in September, only four runways will be in operation. Uh, Noella Ferns, who's British Airways Executive Vice President in Greater China and the Philippines, said, We are very excited to be moving to Beijing daxing. Not only will the new airport offer our customers flying to and from Beijing a world-class experience, with state-of-the-art facilities, including an improved lounge for our club world and first customers, but also support our ambition to increase leisure and business travel between China and the UK it does look the most spectacular airport I have to <laughs> say does, does. and um, this is what's happening isn't it uh, we're finding these these far eastern airports um, you know we've, we've seen stuff in, in the middle east but going out to the far east now the airport construction and the uh, standard of uh, design the number of runways is just extraordinary so they are mm. expecting some big expansion
1: in that area yeah definitely yeah, really? I'm just
2: reading here. they lo- the long-term plan for the airport is to to eventually uh, accommodate a um, hundred million passengers a year, which is wow. a phenomenal number of passengers. Crazy number, isn't it? Yeah, definitely one uh, one to keep an eye on. I think uh, for future. Yeah, definitely. So uh, moving on to the next story, Armando, and uh, one
4: for you. Yeah, this is from. Uh, oh my goodness! I just lost it. Oh, how about we come back? <laughs> okay. Uh, I literally just lost it. Give me, give me two seconds oh, the, okay. Uh, uh,
1: Right. Okay. Uh, it was it. was the CNN business one. That's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll business. take it while while. Uh, okay. Disregard. Uh, I got it. got it. Oh, you got he's it. Down. Okay. All right. As you were. go on. Carry on. Okay.
4: <laughs> right. So from CNN, I, I got uh, really. Uh, Click happy. happy closing yeah. tabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one is done. Tick. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So, either way, so, right, brace uh, yourself. You're
1: mm-hmm. going to get sternly worded email from Nev in a minute as well. <laughs> uh, it's good <laughs> thing that he didn't see it. No, that injunction's going to come back again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're going to start not being on the same show again. Oh, dear. <laughs> Fix it in
4: post. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no.
4: So, Next. that yeah. all being said, <laughs> uh, Boeing has bested Airbus as the world's largest aircraft maker for most of this decade, but that is about to change in dramatic fashion. Airbus has already delivered 150 more jets than Boeing through the first six. Six months of the year. Airbus is winning 389 to 239, according to sales figures reported this week. Airbus's commanding lead is especially significant because the race between the two companies has historically been tight. Last year, for example, Boeing delivered 806 aircraft to Airbus's 800. 2015 was the only year this decade in which one of the two airplane manufacturers delivered 100 more airplanes than the other. The gap between them is almost certainly going to get wider. Uh, Boeing has not been able to deliver any of its best-selling 737 MAX airplanes since March, uh, since they were grounded. I'm going to skip the part about why. Uh, Boeing probably won't get the approval to fly the 737 MAX again until end of 2019, uh, much later than was initially expected. Let's see. Investors view deliveries as more important metrics of success than orders. Airlines don't pay most of the price of a new jet until it is delivered, meaning that aircraft makers uh, revenue, profits, and cash flow depend on deliveries. Good news for both companies is that the demand for air travel, new fuel-efficient airplanes, is growing. That means both are building and delivering airplanes at much faster pace than in the past. Uh, 2011 was the last time that Boeing was behind the Airbus in plane deliveries. Boeing's deliveries stood at 477 to Airbus's 536. Wow. Um, yeah, and I think we talked a little bit about this uh, after the Paris Air Show, where um, Airbus got some pretty big orders.
1: Yeah, they did, uh, so more so than, than Boeing, and as I say, I, I guess maybe it's... It, it was going to happen. Yeah, I yeah. suppose it was inevitable a little bit, given that everybody's mm. probably a little bit nervous about uh, what happened uh, quite recently. <laughs> I submit, I, I, I get uh, a monthly publication...
2: Um, Airliner World magazine, which is really good for commercial airliners. It's a very good magazine, and they always publish figures each month for, for Boeing and Airbus as to how how many aircraft they've delivered. Mm. And it has all ever since I've been getting that magazine. It's been for quite a few years now. Every single month, Boeing has always been top of the class. But um, yeah, I think that's, uh,
1: that's going to change. Uh, yeah, I change, think it'll so. only be temporary, though. I don't think this is a a long term issue. I think I, th- I just think it'll be temporary. I mean, they'll 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 sort this all out, and then it'll be like you know, you, ten years time ago. In ten years time, it'll be like, God, oh, do you remember when that happened? No.
4: Well, I mean, if you if you remember, just about three months ago, three four months ago, when we were talking about the uh, first A A380s going into the boneyard, yeah. um, we were all wondering, well, what's in the what's what's in the cards for Airbus now that they're you know their their flagship uh, aircraft is is being retired already um but how you know how quickly the industry turns
1: yeah absolutely yeah. This, this this is very true it's very true indeed so
2: the uh, next story that we have uh, on the show this week is probably the best story ever i think to come out i think for anyone who is <laughs> an aviation uh, geek or uh, someone who loves uh, simulators, flying simulators either at home or for those of you who joined us for our 200 show um, who had a go in the sim I think this will be uh, somewhere where you want to save up and possibly <laughs> go for a holiday so this uh, story is on the unilad.co.uk and uh, the headline flight sim fans will fall in love with this hotel room So uh, the Haneda XL Hotel Tokyo which uh, is connected to Terminal 2 of Haneda International Airport in Tokyo is now offering a special room that comes with a full-sized flight sim based on a Boeing 737-800. It's called Superior Cockpit Room so you can enjoy both a great night's sleep and a nice hot bath and a few hours soaring through the virtual skies. Uh, You don't actually have to spend the night in the room if you'd rather just have a crack at flying as the hotel offers a few different options. Uh, One plan allows you to book a 90-minute slot in the afternoon with an instructor who will help you uh, with the experience flying from Haneda to Osaka International Airport. That will set you back around about £220. Wow, that's cheap. If you want to take uh, a night flight or make a night of it, uh, you can book the room for £186. Uh, Sadly, this option comes minus the instructor, Um, as (laughs) it says here, as I'd imagine, uh, they wouldn't want to spend the night with you, which is true, I suppose. Uh, Not that that you're not lovely and probably just uh, got a family home to go to. Anyway, story goes on. It's also worth noting that the room is a double room as well, (laughs) uh, perhaps an effort to prevent people from getting frisky in there. And uh, also (laughs) says, uh, if a couple book the superior cockpit room for the night, they're almost definitely going to try and get it on in the virtual flight deck. Okay, (laughs) right, (laughs) okay. so if you want to take a look at some of the different options available for the Superior Cockpit Room, uh, head over to uh, the this story. There's a link on the story uh, on the uh, unilad.co.uk website. Uh, we'll put the links in the show notes for this as well. I don't uh, know if I want of here. to. And uh, <laughs> I, I have to say, the, 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 pictures, the uh, pictures they've got of the room, um, it's, I mean... I'd just book this for an entire week and just
3: right. have uh, all Yes, uh, Just as we've been speaking, actually, I've just had an incoming text message from Mrs Gemma Stebbings. Oh, right. <laughs> <which> Good. Yes, <says laughs> that if Carlos even thinks about booking yes. this room, yes. uh, he's going to be on his own.
1: Indeed, okay. absolutely. Uh, now, uh, you know, to be fair, Ned? i to fancy a week why <laughs> uh, well, yeah, don't mind if I do. <laughs> as long as you don't snore. Uh, no, no, no. no he, yes. There's only
2: one person who snores on this show, and... Um, He's uh, not sitting too far away from me now. Anyway, how are you, mate? How rude!
1: That's just that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, but I, I, I resemble that remark. No, uh, <laughs> any.
2: What are your thoughts on this, Armando, as uh, as hotels go?
4: Well, you know, the first thing that came to mind was I was looking at the uh, discounted rates. If you mentioned PTUK for our friends down at Flat Experience right. London, no, and
1: <laughs> doesn't doesn't that usually put put money on um, the, the 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 cost of a thing? If you mention PTUK. Doesn't that normally make it more expensive? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? After after
4: we left the, the place in shambles after our two hundred, right? <gasps> no, Excuse so, me. so ninety minutes in their in their simulator is two hundred ninety nine pounds uh, at the discounted rate. So I think if you can get the instructor to stay with you for a couple hours at least, um, I think it would be worth the uh, you know just under three hundred pounds for the uh, for the night in this hotel room.
1: And I, oh. I, I, should, I should just stress also that uh, when, where we did our, our 200th show from, uh, I should just let... And not everybody has had their floors cleaned by Sir Captain of Nick. No, no you know, true. I mean, that, that, you know, that, that's quite, you know, there's, there's, that's quite an accolade that, that, that you. <laughs> I
3: think like, there were comments afterwards from uh, Mrs. Anderson to say, right. well, I wish she'd do that do amount that of housework. Time. Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: there, there is that. Well, but, now he's retired.
1: Uh, he's
2: got plenty of time to do house okay.
1: cleaning. Yeah, I bet he hasn't. Yeah, I bet he yeah. hasn't found any time to do anything since he's been uh, retired. He's, like, one of these, you get like three months into it and he'll be literally asking himself, mm-hmm. how on earth did I have time for work? <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, Nick, yes. we love you. Yes. Which I dare say is exactly what Armando is experiencing yes. now. <laughs> but back yeah. back to story, back to story. I I I would love to go to this hotel. Yes. Um, I mean, I think if you ever booked yourself a room there, Carlos, it would it would be swiftly followed by a divorce. But there's
4: shopping in the PTUK family would just say, I don't need the instructor. I'll figure out how to turn it on myself. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
1: Neville will soon have it up and running in no time. I I think it's brilliant. (laughs) I think it's absolutely fantastic. Well,
2: and as I said, we'll put the uh, the link in the show notes to the story if you want to go and uh, book yourself a room
1: uh, with a flight sim. (laughs)
0: There we
4: okay. go. Or if, or if you can't get yourself to Tokyo then you can just go down to London and it's yes. £99 for 30 minutes that's true oh, exactly. yeah.
1: flight experience London yeah. absolutely very yeah. very in much Putney. worth it yeah absolutely yeah. completely agree uh, so moving on to uh, well, the... or to be fair actually you oh. could just fly out to Charlotte because uh, I know a certain Armando that's got a pretty amazing flight simulator in his actual home
4: oh, yes, <laughs> Yeah, or yeah. we could just take an airplane up and I'll make 737 noises
1: Okay. We, 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 uh, Nev, If you Worth could just from. record that, please. You know, when you're doing your Ryanair flight, uh, perhaps you could take a camera with you and just, uh, you know, just record the the noises of a. Of a... Yeah. No. Okay. Right. Uh, shall I do the next story before? Yeah. yeah I, yeah, I, I yeah. thought
2: <laughs> I'd, I'd choose this story for you, Matt, because it's it's obviously an aviation story, but it's got a bit of Always a bit a good more start.
1: of a kind of a thespian kind of um, feel to it. I don't know what you're trying to tell me, darling, honestly. Anyway, this is the metro.co.uk and the headline is EasyJet launches onboard lending library with 60,000 books across 300 flights. What's this got to do with being a thespian? It's very... Very, you know. I think you've used the wrong term there, Carlos, Very anyway, British. so Easy's, Easy Jet has a great idea. An onboard lending library with, only six, with over 60,000 books across 300 flights. The idea behind uh, the flyberries, oh, kill me, uh, is <laughs> to choose a book, read it to your kids, and then leave it for the next passengers. The books will be in the seat pockets of 300 flights and will feature books from published Harper Collins, including Dinosaur Juniors by... Um, Rob uh Bidid, Dulp, sorry if I said that wrong, uh, uh, Mog and Bunny by Judith Kerr, Paddington Abroad by Michael Bond, hmm. The uh, The Boy Who Could Do What He Liked by David Baddiel, and Geek Girl by Holly Schmail. Uh, Tina Milton, director of cabin crew at EasyJet, says at EasyJet, we are passionate about creating family-friendly initiatives and th- uh, that make flying with us both fun and also easier for parents. And as the summer holidays provide the perfect opportunity with um, uh, for some well-earned family time, we hope that the millions of passengers who fly with us this summer enjoy sharing a story or two from our unique in-flight lending library. Uh, the scheme also involves some entertainment in the terminal before you take off, uh, if you fly from London Luton Airport well, never mind uh, the airport is hosting a series of in-terminal events over the course of the school holidays at a specially designed flybury reading area uh, with, the sto- with story time and activities from HarperCollins children's books most loved characters giving passengers the chance to dive into a good book while they wait to board their flight. London Luton Airport's uh, Head of Passenger Services Claire Armstrong said we are right behind this brilliant summer initiative by EasyJet and we're honoured to welcome Katie Piper to London Luton Airport to uh, launch this year's Flyberries campaign and share a story with some of our youngest passengers. No, I
2: think this is really good. For those of you, you know, the, for people who've got young children, mm. you know, it's better to have, you know, the kids reading. Reading a book is good. I read a book when I'm on holiday, um, mm. and, um, and it's got to be better than jamming battery chargers down the sides mm. of seats and catching fire. So, you know, books are a lot more, um, you know... I mean, safer
1: yeah I, I mean I must admit the only time I read a book is when I'm on holiday I don't normally get time like during during a week I'm usually by the time I go to bed I am so zonked out anyway I don't actually need to uh, to read a book to sort of get off to sleep so it's uh, are you much of a reader Nev not really,
3: although uh, I've been doing lots more sort of, you know, audio books. Yes. Uh, yeah, actually,
1: I, do you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big lover of, of audio books. Yeah. I, still, I still maintain, and yeah, Carlos is going to roll his eyes at me now, um, but I absolutely love the Harry Potter series of books and <laughs> the ones, the, 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 the audio books are voiced by Stephen Fry and it, they're just incredible, they're absolutely incredible. Lane Street in the chat room said that
2: Luton Library, right up Pip's Alley, Right. Well, hmm. I mean that's more information
1: than I needed, but
2: unexpected. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Neil, Neil Lamourner saying in the chat room, uh, a flyberry. Oh dear.
1: Yes, it, it's not that. It, it's a bit of an obvious pun, isn't it? Really, is that's why I. am under.
2: i You must appreciate this. So having having you know Maddie and stuff, you you
4: you know it's good rather than. Do, does she electronic like, does devices? Does she
1: like story time and, and that?
4: She does. She's a huge reader, and she? she's only five years old. Um, I, I think this is a. For me, it would be great. I, Maddie would love it, especially after having to drive to Luton. Um, I'd need to some something to calm her down a little bit. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's a hell of a commute from Charlotte, certainly. <laughs>
4: Luton is uh, let's just say difficult to get to from any direction.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, especially within the UK. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> no, she would love this. She would love this. In fact, I I I, I venture to say she would probably go through the entire. Flyberry, flyberry
1: um, in a <laughs> entire flight. Yeah, this it, it's a it's a great idea. It's I mean, a a, idea. G- and I suppose again, if not so much nervous f- f- flyers and things, but if, if, if they're, uh, they're they're on the flight uh, and they're reading, of course, they're distracted. So perhaps they'll be less aware of, of things that might sort of distress mm. them or, or, or whatever
4: if they're sort of engrossed in a good book. Yeah, yeah
1: it's good.
2: Yeah, it's a good sure, idea. It's
4: a perfect. It's a perfect time to introduce uh, some of these kids to what a print book is. Well, there is that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very true. Yes, an actual ink. You see, this is the
4: problem. You see, I mean,
1: uh, uh, Carlos and I used to have sort of stern disagreements about this because he used to be in the book printing trade, uh, <laughs> and of course, and I, I did treat myself very early on to a Kindle because one of the nice things, and Mum's got one as well. Because the thing I'm is, I just sold mine. Yeah, oh, have you oh, right, already? <laughs> see, my mum is a is a prolific reader, and if we're away for a week, she'll read eight or nine books. Now, if you're flying with EasyJet or Ryanair, that is essentially your entire hand baggage allowance completely. Gone on in books alone, uh, so that that was the only reason that we ended up sort of like getting a Kindle. You know, Neil and I
2: hate to think what that book's about. But anyway,
1: I wonder I'll why I wonder up. why Armando went all like as like what I was saying really wasn't that funny as as, as the mm. this cheeky yeah.
4: <laughs> No, I actually was. I was thinking that that. Yeah, it does save weight for yeah, your for your so. uh, your, hand uh, your hand carry hand luggage. luggage. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Actually, a really great idea. Yeah. Good point, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Well all, done, all, EasyJet. Yeah, all books are dead
1: now. Yeah. That's it. Everyone buy a Kindle. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, the uh, next story, uh, Nev, uh, is, uh, well, I I don't know, it's a bit of of a cheat story,
3: really. Well, yeah, you know, we've heard of the expression fake news uh, recently. (laughs) I think this is slightly (coughs) suspect news. Oh, what do you think? It's on theinsider.com, and it says, We've all thought about it. As you peer around the curtain from your cramped economy seat, and catch a glimpse of the champagne being handed out just a few metres away, you sigh and gaze longingly at a travel experience that is so close yet so far. And it hurts all the more when, walking past the plush pods of business class to get to the coach section, you realise that there are empty seats. It will be so easy, It it sometimes seems to simply sneak into one of those seats. Most of us, however would never dare, but one person claims to have done just that. An anonymous traveller wrote for the Telegraph that they managed to sneak into business class on a recent British Airways flight and stay there for the eight-hour journey from Singapore to Sydney. Uh, The writer said that they hatched their plan after a particularly unpleasant first leg of their journey from the UK to Australia. When I prepared to board the plane again for the second leg of the journey to Sydney, I waited for every single other passenger to get on first, they said. I lurked surreptitiously at the gates, pretending to be on my phone, until the very last harried mother dragged her three kids on board and one of the staff ushered me in behind them. This way that they knew that uh, any empty business class seat would be genuinely unoccupied, they said. Huh. Of course, the next potential hurdle would be to request to show a business class ticket to the cabin crew upon boarding the plane. But the traveller said that somehow they got away with it. I brazenly flashed my economy class ticket at the smiling air stewardess, who clearly didn't properly inspect it. Walked no. straight over to that seat in the darkest corner of business class and sat down, they said. I genuinely think upon reflection that most airline staff must assume no one will be mad or stupid enough to try <laughs> The traveller went on to say that they felt nervous and tense for the first 90 minutes of the flight, but then relaxed. Uh, They said they passed on the complimentary champagne, fancy dinner and breakfast, concerned that if their seat was meant to be empty, there might not be enough food on board, and also probably feeling a bit guilty about what they called a diabolical (laughs) crime. However, they said they didn't have any qualms about raiding the complimentary kit of goodies and enjoying some shut-eye whilst reclining flat under an absurdly soft blanket. Uh, wow. The writer seems as surprised as anyone. They got away with this, but they did say they felt guilty as the flight came to an end. Whilst the tele- Telegraph said that it had verified the story, British Airways said that it could not confirm it without the writer's anonymity being lifted. When an insider asked the airline what would happen if an economy passenger were to sneak into business class, a representative said it's incredibly unlikely this would ever happen because cabin crews have seat maps for each flight to know which seats are meant to be occupied and which should be vacant we want all of our customers to be comfortable in whichever cabin they choose to fly and our cabin crew are trained to deliver excellent service to everyone a BAE told insider in a statement our cabin crew access uh, and check sorry our cabin crew access and check the passenger seating system on their ipads on every flight and will be aware of any additional customers who have moved to a different seat other than the one printed on their boarding pass, which is true, because that's exactly what happened to Sue and myself on the way to and from Toronto. They checked that we were who we said we were. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to say that this story isn't true, because that would be a terrible thing to say, but it's <laughs> quite unlikely. Right. I think we'll go no further than that.
1: Are you suggesting perhaps that this is sort of uh, Mr. Trump style fake news by any chance? <laughs> well,
3: as I said earlier, I think it's slightly suspect news right. um, because they are, very, I mean, the crew on, yeah. I'm assuming every carrier, but BA is my, my experience, they're very um, diligent about who gets yeah, and, and where people sit. Um, so especially in the more expensive seats obviously well, yeah exactly Actually, I'd imagine,
2: I'd imagine BIA probably like Emirates Nev you would know better than me but Emirates when you have an economy ticket as opposed to a business class the, the colour coding on the ticket is completely different to that of so a, sort a sort of business down, class yeah. or first
3: class ticket Yeah, and they've got the passenger manifest all printed out in front of them and it's on their iPads as well as, as mm. the article says so as I say I don't want to say that this is not a true story but it just seems incredibly unusual well and, it. If
1: it, if, and if it's it is a true story then i suspect that the cabin crew would just for what you know perhaps it was genuinely an empty seat and they yeah. just thought oh do you know what you know let's just let it go um, yeah. well, there's only one thing know.
2: for it nev We'll have to try in November.
1: Oh, oh yes, right. there you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. we'll let you know if it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, unfortunately, the biggest problem with this story is the, fact that the very fact that he's now published it means that all cabin crew everywhere will now have such a heightened state of awareness oh, that it's never, ever going to work ever, <laughs> ever again. He ruined it for everyone. Good point. Uh, we'll see, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> well,
4: <laughs> indeed, yeah.
2: Armando, and uh, the next story is uh, quite a disturbing one, which comes with quite a good video as well.
4: Yeah, from the Independent. Uh, flight made an emergency landing after a piece of the plane broke off and flew into the engine. The malfunction occurred nearly an hour into Delta Flight 1425 after the plane had departed from Atlanta to Baltimore on Monday. Passengers described smoke filling the cabin area before a tense emergency landing in North Carolina. After we heard the boom, we just saw all the smoke come up into the cabin, and that's when we really started freaking out, one passenger told a news outlet. Another passenger said the pilot announced mid-flight that the plane had lost an engine. They were making preparations to have an emergency landing. All 150 passengers aboard the flight reportedly managed to get on another plane later Monday evening to Baltimore. They also received food vouchers and an apology for the inconvenience. Uh, No injuries were reported. The Delta plane in use at the time of the incident was an MD-88, at least which one passenger complained was too old during an interview. Uh, Delta needs to retire those MD-80s. Well, in fact, they Luckily, are, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, the flight crew of uh, Delta 1425 from Atlanta, Baltimore, elected to divert to Raleigh, North Carolina after receiving indication of an issue with one of the aircraft's engines, Delta said in a state flight landed without incident. Uh, customers were reaccommodated to alternate aircraft. We apologize to our customers for the inconvenience this diversion may have caused. Um, so Matt there is uh, playing the video I don't want to marginalize this by any means but I was just looking at MD 88 mishaps just in the the recent past and uh, I think Delta Airlines as the um, sort of last major operator of the MD 88 let's see we've got February 10th, engine shutdown in flight, Atlanta, Charleston. Uh, We have January 12th, engine problem, shutdown in Baltimore. Uh, January 7th, engine shutdown in Knoxville. Uh, December 13th, 2018, Hartford, engine shutdown. Hydraulic failure, engine failure, September 2018. It goes on and goes on. So there's – I'm – Looking at at least a dozen per year of engine shutdown in flight for MD88s. No, I take that back. It's not a dozen. Maybe maybe eight to nine per year. Um, so I think uh, Delta's taking care of this by uh, reallocating our friends over at APG <laughs> into different aircraft.
2: It definitely makes for interesting viewing the video. Um-
4: yeah, I I looked up a schematic for the J T eight D engine and it just looks like it's the cover. The I, I couldn't tell if the starter assembly is in there. Um but it but it really looked like just a, a cover into that first uh compressor section and um it was interesting that you could see the hot yeah you know the hot flame in there. Mm. Uh, so wasn't expecting that, but had
3: it been shot in the correct format, then we could have seen it <laughs>
1: better.
4: <laughs> <laughs> a Every so. very good point. Vertical video,
1: ladies and gentlemen, we need is to, not we need to acceptable. Promote the yeah, whole news, absolutely. Use of, uh, correct. Uh, actually, an uh, after show, one of the after show videos and stuff, we did actually show a video, the video that went to the great lengths about uh, vertical video. Did it not, Neil? <laughs> oh, didn't it? Yes, yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. And how? How basically you were? You? You were very wrong for doing it. So anyway, let that be a lesson to all of our listeners. Do, if you ever send us some video, please do not. For, <laughs> for my sake alone, do not ever send anything vertical video because it's just like, you know... We'll call you out. Yeah, no, no, yeah. yes. The, the abuse I'll get from Nev will be frightening. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, okay, understandably. So before we go yeah. on, I stand yeah.
4: corrected. Lane Street is probably correct. It is not flame, it is red hot bearings. So oh, okay. Probably oh, the no. uh, the bearings inside that assembly. So, that makes a lot more sense than being the able to. Actual flames. Uh, yes. see, uh, actual, because the, the fuel combustion section is, is probably a five feet behind us. Yeah. So yeah. Bearings make a lot more sense. Good job, Lane.
1: All hail our marvellous listeners.
2: (laughs) I know, good chat room. That's why they're there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why why we do it live every week, because they're better at this than we are. I know.
2: (laughs) So the uh, next story is on simpleflying.com. And uh, this is bad news for anyone who's hoping to travel to or from Milan Airport because Milan to close the airport for three months. So Milan Mm. Linate is due to close at the end of this month for refurbishment works. The closure scheduled to run from the 27th of July to the 27th of October will see approximately 2.5 million passengers and 30,000 flights diverted elsewhere. Flights will for the summer season land at either Milan Malpensa or at Milan Bergamo, uh, both of which are considerably further from the city centre. Later this month, Milan Lanasse Airport will temporarily close. The closure is scheduled uh, to uh, allow for much needed runway maintenance work. Uh, the airport is managed by SEA Group who will also manage the airport at Malpensa and as well as uh, repairs to the runway during the closure the airport's façade will be redesigned and various areas will be renewed including baggage claim uh, and the new arrivals hall as well. Uh, the closure will affect flights uh, on dominant carriers at the airport which will include Alitalia and EasyJet as well as the legacy carriers including Iberia, KLM, British Airways and Lufthansa. So, the city of Milan has two airports, Lenate and Malpensa. While Malpensa is the larger of the two, serving the majority of its long haul flights, Lenate holds a special place for travellers, particularly business visitors to the city. Its location is just four miles from the city centre and making it, uh, makes it far more uh, visitor friendly airport to fly into than Malpensa, which is 25 miles to the northwest. In terms of passengers for the first half of the year, uh, they saw 4.3 million passengers using the its proximity to the city centre making it quick and cheap to transfer from the airport with local bus services costing just one euro fifty, including onward transportation into the city. So how will this affect other airports? In Italy it's relatively common for airports to close entirely in order for work to be carried out however this will be the first time a major airport has been closed for such a long time and over the summer season too. Uh, Most of the flights will be rerouted to Milan Malpensa, which is the second busiest airport in Italy after Rome Fiumicino. However, the airport is already under pressure in terms of capacity, and the addition of the displaced flights from Lunate are likely to
1: increase passenger traffic by 45%. But didn't you just say that the nearest airport was literally only 25 miles away Mm. from that one? I mean, uh, I, I, forgive me for being a little bit, you know, I, a part of me actually likes the idea of, you know, it's like rather than just sort of get on and do loads of maintenance around and cause chaos for all the passengers, and like, just close Shut it, it and get down. it done, close it yeah. and get it done. I mean, 25 miles really is not that far, is it? I mean especially if they put in place like shuttle buses and and things like that. 25 miles is I think, is I think nothing. the
2: person who could comment perfectly on this story will be Jenny. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Well, yeah. hopefully hopefully uh we will spur her on for a little and bit. And she of, she has actually commented
3: in the chat room uh, by saying that Malpensa means bad thought or think bad. Right. <laughs>
1: Well, kind of uh, just sets the okay. tone, kind it, of sets then? the
2: tone. Oh, she sure, also it says it's a horrible airport. apparently. Oh, no, is it? Okay. Well, yeah.
1: perhaps it's much well Mind you, it's the runways and stuff. But you see, I, 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 part of me thinks actually, yeah, shut it, get the d- job done properly, reopen it, like without any, a- any, you know, issues. You know, that, that. I don't know. Perhaps I'm, perhaps I'm speaking. God, a can you imagine bit, like they I shut Heathrow
2: just... down for two months?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I appreciate <laughs> that, but, but you could. All right, I know yeah. it would cause chaos, but you could shut one runway. No, but
2: a whole airport.
1: Well yeah I know I suppose I suppose the thing is if it's a single a single runway airport uh, and you've got to resurface the the runway then you've got no choice but to sh- shut the airport have you you know i it's, it's good, got a good
2: uh, picture on this story that shows the distance between the airports and uh, and Italy which is got its Google Maps one so it's quite good uh, what do you reckon Nev are you uh, are you uh, um, a visitor to any of these particular airports
3: I haven't been there for a long time actually and uh i think i'm due a bit of a italy visit um i yeah, can right.
1: recommend an excellent oh. travel guide Indeed.
3: <laughs> yes uh but uh yeah, rum, uh, You know, maintenance has to be done, obviously. And uh, Jenny was saying in the chat room just now that it's got to be done in the summer mm. because of weather concerns and obviously yeah. temperatures and the general weather uh, deteriorates considerably after the autumn season. So, um, but but yeah, for, yeah, forgive uh,
1: my forgive my being really picky here, um, which is you know uh, going to be a bit of a shock. But why not do it in the autumn? Because obviously Rome, in particular, is ridiculously hot. Um, and you know, really hot conditions and, and laying tarmac are not necessarily ideal either.
3: Well, I think that what they're saying here is that it's going to take them from the end of July to the well, end. suppose
1: three months, so yeah. That, no, I that see. Takes
3: it outside of the seasonal time, doesn't it? Good so, point. Well. Yeah,
1: I, I I do think they could choose a slightly less con- inconvenient time. To do it because it is quite warm you know i mean mm. why, why are they not doing it march april may for example when the weather is probably okay they, they enough. must
2: have their reasons behind
1: it though, yeah right? that's true yeah um, absolutely i dare say we'll get a full report from our correspondent in rome, rome very shortly first. so, uh, so uh, uh, yeah. captain jeff's in the chat room and oh, uh stand by a bit, yeah. everyone
2: uh, mm. he's uh, a bit shocked about the um, story we covered earlier about the mad dog uh, mad dog engine failure
1: yes yeah, this is true. They're, they're, Bit they're quite rare. Is. Yeah, they're quite. R- they are quite rare, though. From what um, from what Armando was saying. To be fair,
2: issues with bad dogs, don't they? <laughs> mad You're dogs and Englishmen. I don't, they don't go know out remember. in the midday sun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway, shall, shall we do another story?
2: Yes, uh, Matt. The next story. Oh, is it is, me? Uh, oh, yeah. I wish I hadn't said anything now. <laughs> yeah, Matt. The next
1: story is yours, and it's yes. on flight. Global. OK, Flight Global. Ah, we like Flight Global because it's got a marvellous font, hasn't it, Nev? Yep, yes, it indeed. Flight Global is the website, as Carlos said. Air China is uh, the hub of our story. And Air China has placed an order for 20 Airbus A350-900s. <coughs> the order is valued at approximately $6.54 billion based on list prices, which means they're not paying anywhere near that, of course, uh, says the Star Alliance carrier. In a stock exchange disclosure, it adds that nearly I- 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 No, it adds that it has been uh, given a price concession from the Airframer after negotiations. Uh, The A350s are slated for delivery between 2020 and 2022, so not that long to wait, actually. That's not a bad turnaround, is it? Uh, The disclosure... Notes: Among the 20 A350s on order, the airline has the option of converting the last 5 to the larger A350-1000 variant. Air China also states that the transition will be beneficial to its fleet optimization. The transaction will not have any material impact On the airline's operations and cash flow position, it adds in the disclosure. Uh, Sirium's fleets analyzer shows that Air China uh, currently operates 10 A350 900. So they must be really pleased with it. I think Airbus are uh,
2: having a really good time with this. Having a good year, year, aren't they? Certainly. They've done really well with the aircraft. Um, As of the end of June this year, they had 288 of those built. Um, obviously they're still churning them out at a rate of course of knots. Um, but yeah though I think I mean Neville agree I think uh, Airbus have, have, had, have had a really good um, sort of turnout with the A350 don't you think Nev?
3: mm yes and uh, with the BA1 uh, very soon to be uh, in Ooh. service Ooh. out of Heathrow very exciting, exciting.
2: Yeah. In, in November we hope yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So moving on to the next story. It is literally all about November, isn't it? That's all, what, November. that's
1: all you two care about, right. is November. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Nev, the, the yeah, ne- ne- <laughs> Nev's next holiday, essentially. That's what he
2: the yes. next next story is uh, on your favourite website, Nev.
3: It is a More Font Greatness yes. from Uh But this is about... Um, uh, Two Airbus A380 operators in the Asia-Pacific region will be sending their wide bodies for inspections following proposed directive from the European Union uh, Aviation Safety Agency, EASA, about uh, cracks in the outer wing, rear wing spar. Um, Qantas and Singapore Airlines, both operators of the older 380s, uh, confirm with flight global that that a part of their fleet will be affected by the proposed EASA directive. The European Agency disclosed on the 5th of July that cracks had been discovered in this area, notably on top and bottom flanges between ribs 33 and 49. This affects both wings and could affect the structural integrity of both wings," EASA added. Uh, EASA said that the directive will be limited to the 25 oldest wing sets on the A380 fleet, although it could subsequently expand to cover additional aircraft. Uh, responding to Flight Global's queries, Singapore Airlines said that four A380s will require inspection of the outer rear wing spars. Wow. Uh, Sirium's fleet analyzer shows that the aircraft are the four oldest um, A380s in Singapore's fleet, aged between 10.5 and 11.4 years, and the airline operates nineteen. A380s. Meanwhile, Qantas confirmed that six of its 12 A380s will require inspection. Fleet's analyzer shows that the A380 fleet is aged between 8 and 12 years. The airline adds that the first inspection is not due until June 2020, but it has already completed two inspections, one of which was done alongside scheduled maintenance. Qantas's head of engineering, Chris Snook, Tells the Flight Global that there were no concerns with the structural integrity of the wing after inspecting the two aircraft. Malaysia Airlines says that its fleet of six A380s are not affected by the inspection as its first aircraft was delivered in late 2012. The airline operates five of the Super Jumbos, one on lease to Saudi carrier FlyNAS. Uh, Thai Airways, which uh, also has six, a380s in its fleet tells Flight Global that its aircraft are not affected, as they were delivered between September 2012 and November 2013. Uh, an Airbus statement indicates that the airframer has been in contact with EASA uh, over the matter and has confirmed the small cracks on the rear wing spar. It's also informed its customers and is in the midst of working with them. Uh, Airbus also highlights that the airworthiness of the A380 fleet is not affected as inspection and repair works are undertaken. Flight Global has reached out to Airbus for comments, but the airframer has not responded yet. Um, I mean, this story is all about the ongoing, um, you know, health of aircraft, isn't it? And if Mm. people find faults or or things that are going on and they get reported to the uh, local, Safety agency, then that's all good because it means all operators can be informed about it and Airbus can take a, a, a bigger look at these things. So it's uh, yeah, it's it sounds a bit more worrying than it is, I, I would say, but it's good that they're looking at them for uh, further inspections.
2: I wonder what the, the story doesn't mention anything about uh, Emirates, obviously, Emirates being the, the, the biggest operator, yeah. 380. Loads, yeah. Um, oh, it'd be interesting to see where um, I'm trying to look up to see when. Emirates received their first A380, but I can't find when what year that was. But um, I know they got theirs fairly, fairly early on. But um, you yeah. know, yeah, it is obviously Airbus making sure that they've, as Matt would say, crossed the uh, T's and dotted the i's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the last story, and uh, we've left this for Armando. It's uh, it's a nice, it's a nice story. I think, don't you think, Armando?
4: Yeah, I love having the feel-good stories. Uh, this is from uh, metro.co.uk also. In the way that moms always show up to support their children, Ryan McCormick's beloved ma turned up for him. But unfortunately for Mum Mary from Florida in the US, she had to wait seven hours for her pilot son as his plane was delayed. <laughs> Waiting to board a flight that was due to be flown by Ryan, Mary was told that there was a seven hour delay. That's a little bit redundant, isn't it? Um, All of the passengers opted to be rebooked on an earlier journey, but Mary stayed put. And as patience is a virtue, she ended up flying on the plane as the only passenger with her son at the wheel. Uh, (laughs) But we know what you're thinking. Having one pilot is kind of dangerous, isn't it? Um, Ryan had nothing to worry about, though, because Mary is actually a retired captain herself. So she would have been fine had anything happened to him. Uh, let's see. After a seven-hour delay yesterday, every passenger, again, it kind of repeats itself. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, great little pictures. Good feel, but good, uh, feel-good story. Um, I doubt that he actually was the only one in the flight deck. So. Uh, I don't know that anybody I would. Have I mean, w- that. would
1: there possibly have been special dispensation because there was only one person on the flight, and the one that one person mm-hmm. was a a retired captain, um, no. you know, or you know, because it was his mum. I don't know. It, could there have been a, you know, I suppose procedures no, between procedures. I, you know procedure, what, I procedure, highly doubt it, it.
4: I can't tell. I think this is a CRJ from everything that the uh, in the pictures. In the pictures. Yeah, it looks like. Um, Maybe a CRJ 700 or something like that, but um, yeah, I don't think you can fly that airplane with one pilot under any, um, even under if it's yeah. uh, Part 91 uh, VFR uh, U.S. equivalent. But it's nice
2: though. You got a chance to fly with. Mine. It is a nice story either way. What can you remember, Armando? One of the first family members that you—I mean—did you get a chance to take uh, your your parents or any uh, grandparents or anyone up flying when you? First well,
4: flight. for me, it was the flip side because I learned to fly with my dad when he was an airline pilot I, I have pictures of me as a three year old four year old oh. sitting on his lap in in the cockpit uh, in the air with passengers aboard um, But I do remember the first time that w- I was able to fly my dad with me as pilot in command and it was awesome uh, and I was really just hoping that i didn't mess something up as you know he retired with close to twenty thousand hours and here I am as a 300 hour private pilot or something like that <laughs> and, and what was funny is uh my dad had been retired for a while already and as soon as he took the controls it was like he had never uh left never flying not, yeah yeah he was well, uh, just as smooth as could be as soon as he um put his hands on the uh control wheel i bet yeah, so okay. that's that nice isn't it
2: awesome feeling to uh to be able to talk you know Fact, there's been quite a, run,
1: quite a run of stories has not there where you know sort of like grands going on flights with mm. their daughter you know who, who who was flying and things like that it's uh it's uh, it must be a very special feeling as a as a parent or or you know to be flown by the kids i mean let's be honest i mean it's the parents that will have no doubt bankrolled this thing so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know to yeah. actually get get in <laughs> the get uh on, on the flight just to sort of prove that they did actually qualify i suppose <laughs> it's quite nice
2: <laughs> yeah it would be I, I hope that uh, obviously Nick as captain Nick is retired now but mm. I, uh, I always I hope that Nick does sort of get back in the air and do a bit of flying bit of GA
0: um, flying so, yeah a bit of GA yeah, do you yeah.
1: if you're listening Nick I'm sure you will yeah, yeah. I'm I, sure I should imagine he's just enjoying the break. Frankly, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just uh, it's uh, it, it's it must be one of those things you must. I suppose when it, when you do it for your job, uh, and uh, Armando for it must so be something similar for mm. for you doing it for your job for for so many years. It it must be very easy to lose lose how special it is, perhaps, and get a little bit complacent and just sort of forget, you know, that it's actually a really cool thing to be able to do
4: yeah without without going down a rabbit hole about this, but the uh, I, I know a lot of military pilots that are used to military flying and they just love general aviation because they can just kind of show up relax a little bit you 're still thinking about um, the safety and, and and all your planning but uh, but it 's just different enough, and I know a lot of airline pilots that still do general aviation, but just recently i've been talking to uh, quite a few airline pilots this week. Um, I've been over at one of our local airports where there's a lot of uh, charter and fractional, sort of you know the Gulfstreams, the Hawkers, the Beach Jets, and a lot of those guys are leaving the airlines um, because it's it's a, it can be a little a bit monotonous going to the same destinations, and they just want a, so a little bit more dynamic flying, so they they go over to the charter side to be able to do a little bit more mission planning and, and go into new airports and exciting airports and a little bit more stable, uh, schedule. But, um, yeah, it certainly can. It, I'm not to that point yet. It's, every, yeah. every flight is exciting to me. No. I yeah.
1: mean, actually I noticed we've got like captain Jeff and, and that's still in the chat room and that, I mean, it's, uh, be interested to hear their, their take mm. on, on that. As I say, it must be very difficult to not, you know, when you when you're doing it for for your job and, and that i suppose it's like i mean i love driving um but you you know especially <laughs> when it's been so crazy this last sort of six to eight weeks i mean like a part of me just wants to never get behind the wheel of anything ever again but uh, you know I'm i mean, I mean never i've, ne- I've never i uh, sort of have you never had the sort of desire to do ga and and like sort of you know do flying yourself I mean, you do a lot of flying as a passenger um have you ever had that genuine desire to to be the one in charge
3: well, I have, but th- then I uh, was in the right-hand seat of uh, John Brown's plane in uh, Toronto Ooh, yeah. uh, last okay. week, which was this week, which has been, you know, fabulous. But, boy, is that hectic. I mean, there's an awful lot going on, especially in the, well, we're in the Toronto City Airport terminal mm. area, so there was lots happening there. Um, and you have got to do multitasking and see the whole 3D image, um, like you've never done before and he's a very competent operator I have to say he's a you know fabulous guy and uh, you know safety is his number one thing but boy there's so much to think about and um, I'm i'm quite good at doing a few things at the same time but you have to be good at doing lots of things at the same time yeah. um actually there's, there's a question the, actually from neil in the chat room. area as well you know it's uh, it's it's incredible really
1: yeah uh actually uh, neil's got a question for you in the in the chat room armando saying as a former mil- as former military is standard ga flying enough or do you crave the acrobatics or the aerobatics
4: yeah. And I was just answering him. I do. I, you know, and that's just me and, and a lot of the, the, the friends that, that I flew with, um, out West, we, we did, we, we like flying aerobatics. We like flying formation. We like, uh, pushing the, you know, so most of us had experimental aircraft, Lance airs and bands and glass airs, um, which you can do a little bit more, uh, modifications. You can kind of push it a little bit and, It is fun. My big thing was uh, military flying takes a lot of planning. Um, So you you may plan for three hours. You may even plan the day prior uh, Mm. to go fly a four-hour mission, and then you debrief that for another two hours on the the backside. Um, So it's kind of nice just to show up, make sure your airplane's still airworthy, come up with a a quick plan, and then do some formation work while you go Mm. up to lunch, um, land somewhere, everybody who's in Oz at your pretty airplane and then you do the same thing to their airplane <laughs> yeah. and then you fly back home, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, while getting a, a, lot, more in, a lot more, a
1: lot more informal, certainly. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. And, and you know, I, I've been, I have been flying these skydivers, but it, that that's not a glorious job by any means. It doesn't make any money, but it, but it's fun. It's fun to, I like the challenge of flying out of a 1900 foot grass strip surrounded by power lines and trees in an underpowered Cessna 182 with five people on board and flying it up to 11,000 feet, chucking them out the side and then getting it back down on the ground before they Land. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Stuart so, likes doing that. I notice as well. It yeah, yeah. is like he's desperate to get yeah, on the ground fun. before the Absolutely. Uh, actually so uh, Je- Jeff was answering my question in the chat room. He was saying I-, I love it. I never get tired of the flying part. Just the time away from home, long f- long days and uh f- uh flying in in uh, fighting the weather etc which is which is a good point. He said there's nothing like feeling the jet respond to your commands. Uh flying smoothly, the responsibility of lots of passengers must be quite
4: scary though. It's, uh, it's, it's- and what a what a great point, isn't it? I mean, he. The difference is, I'm by myself. I may have Megan with me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff and our airline friends. That's do you know, they have close to 200 people in the back yeah. end? Yeah. Every time yeah. they're going to uh, adjust a heading or anything like that, it's about smoothness and providing the customer the best experience, which is a challenge in itself.
1: But I mean, um, even so- speaking as a coach driver, I mean, I, you know, I, I've. Uh, y- you guys will have no doubt heard me say this before. There is one of the things that terrifies me the most about my job, and I love my job. Don't get me wrong, um, but uh, the thing that frightens me the most about it is the fact that most a lot of the work that we do are, uh, involves driving around other people's children, and that is the most. If, if you, you have to almost like not think about it a bit too much, because actually when you when you sit down and analyse that, so behind me are quite often 50 plus of other people's precious children. Sometimes you think maybe just a lorry driving around, you know, chickens off to slaughter might be slightly less frightening, yeah. you know. It's, uh, and it must be the same for, for the pilots as well. Must be must be the same for, mm-hmm. for sort of commercial pilots. I mean, you've got so many people behind you. <laughs> Anyway, we do need to move on. Uh, otherwise, yes. ironically, we might actually run out of time. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, uh, we've got some military news
2: uh, coming up in a moment. Um, but uh, we're going to have a quick break.
0: Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network.
2: The Voices in Your Head.com.
1: Website www.plaintalkinguk.com, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash UK. On Twitter via at Plaintalking UK or get in touch via
0: email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. b
3: 5823 Trent Day for 23R Manchester. Wiz Air 6X, Climb Flight Level 210. Direct to Bretman's Park. United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots. Tundon two DME, turn right onto Bravo, link, two, one, join Alpha, hold at Mora. Speedbird, four, seven, two, LOC, slash DME, approach runway, two, seven, left. Follow the green stand, five, four, four.
4: That's enough air traffic control
3: for today, Nat. Bedtime.
1: So we came up with the idea of having a video course. Obviously ours are are better because we've got the experience on the aircraft and we know what we need to be looking at. Something that myself and Andy started initially really to improve our own technical knowledge and put something out there. We saw that there was a gap and this wasn't a media that was being used for this purpose. And our hunch was right because there was obviously a market for it.
0: Ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well, now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience, or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check. Check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulation, fly your dreams.
2: Do you know, I think I want to. I want to take another visit back down to NP at some point. We should soon. actually. Yeah. We haven't and been for, the for a
1: while, have we? We should. We should all have it. We should have an Also have it outing. I think. An outing. Yeah. Yeah. You fancy a trip into London, Nev? Yeah, I think we can do that. That would be nice. Yeah. We'll get the yeah. guys' calls the other day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sounds like a, a, a great plan. I I'm very excited to, you know, hopefully hopefully when they get this um the three twenty soon that's gonna be a fascinating comparison, isn't it? The opportunity to try both that would that would mm. be quite cool. Yeah. Anyway,
2: Yeah. anyway, so we have got some uh, military news. So we're gonna hand things over to Armando.
4: Yeah, we're going to knock out some stories real quick because uh, Captain Al will get mad at us if uh, we take too long. So, are you guys ready?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He does love the great stuff. <laughs> Let's, Let's do it. <laughs>
4: Okay, this first story is from IntelligentAerospace.com. In Seville, Spain, the first Airbus C-295, which is really a Casa 295, but we'll call it an Airbus, uh, (laughs) purchased by the government of Canada for the Royal Canadian Air Force's Fixed Wing Search and Rescue Aircraft Replacement, or the FUSAR program, uh, has completed its maiden flight, marking a milestone towards delivery. By the end of 2019, to begin operational testing by the RCAF, the aircraft designated ACC-295 for the Canadian customer took off from Seville, Fourth of July, 2020 local time, landed back on site one hour 27 minutes later. The contract awarded in December 2016 includes uh, 16 two C-295 aircraft and 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 an all-in-service support elements, including training engineering and the construction of a new training center in british columbia Uh, the aircraft will be based where search and rescue squadrons currently located in uh, british columbia winnipeg manitoba trenton ontario and greenwood nova scotia in addition the first rcaf crews will begin training in late summer 2019 at airbus's international training center in seville the f warsar program is supporting some 2.5 billion Canadian dollars in industrial and technological benefits to Canada through a high value long-term partnership with the Canadian industry. Um, Yeah, the CASA, I guess we can call it Airbus, but the CASA 295, incredibly capable aircraft. Uh, I believe the US Coast Guard uses either the 235 or the 295 and then there's a lot of other uh, air forces around the world that use this aircraft very, very capable, a um, little bit smaller than the Spartan, uh, definitely smaller than a C-130, but uh, it's got some pretty good range, and, and you can hang all kinds of stuff off of it, uh, sensors and pods, and um, it's a great airplane for search and rescue because it's got a and door on the back, so you can drop, airdrop some pretty big items, big life rafts, big uh, rescue equipment, so uh, if you check awesome out to see. On uh, there's some Sorry, good go vi-
2: there's some good videos of this actually i on YouTube. There's some really really good uh, like pr- promotional videos, which have been done of this aircraft on uh, YouTube, which are well worth a watch. So if you go on there and just uh, type in C two nine five, you'll see some uh, good little videos yeah. on, uh, on
4: there. Yeah, and I believe the Canadians are replacing C one thirty Hs and Buffaloes with these Buffaloes. have Been around since the Vietnam War, um, so they're probably a little long in the tooth. This is a great replacement aircraft for both
1: of those. Yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely.
2: So the next story um, is one that I, I saw some bits and pieces about this week, um, uh, especially because they actually had an, uh, an, a a uh, top down view of one of the cracks that was left by this. But this is on the key or combat aircraft.keypublishing.com. Uh, Secret of Navy. Base hit by earthquakes. So Naval Air Warfare Station, China Lake, one of the US Navy's most influential and secretive air bases, has been declared non-mission capable until further notice following two major earthquakes that struck the area around Ridgecrest, California late last week. China Lake is situated in the Mojave Desert and it was the uh, epicenter of an air, uh, earthquake of magnitude six point four that hit on July the fourth, followed by by a larger 7.1 magnitude tremor the following day. The events opened up a fault line inside the installation and much of it remains off limits. Uh, with evacuation of non essential personnel to Navy Base Ventura County, Point M- Mugu, is that Mugu? Yes, Point Mugu. Point, uh, Point Mugu, there we go. It's unclear when uh, test work will resume at China Lake. Tucked away, In a remote corner of the Mojave Desert adjacent to Ridgecrest, China Lake, it has been quietly supporting naval and marine aviation for over 50 years uh, with its uh, lineage in the Naval Air Warfare Centre. China Lake is home to VX-31, Dust Devils and VX-9 Vampires. Alfie's on a mad one. Uh, VX-31 is all about development tests referred to as DT, bringing on new weapons and systems and testing them as part of an integrated spiral upgrade. Whereas the VX-9 is tasked with formally evaluating suitability for the fleet before new items are signed off and rolled out to the warfighter. China Lake has two huge test ranges and laboratories working out how to make combat jets more lethal. The R2505 range is Navy owned and there is no public land to use. Uh, the uh, squadrons can test live ordnance as well and um, stationary and moving targets. R two five two four Echo Range is primarily threat emitters and used uh, for inert weapons evaluation and training. Now, what's any updates on this, uh, Armando, as to what's uh, going on at the base? Is it still still off limits?
4: Yeah, no, I I haven't seen any updates from this, and uh, especially an earthquake can be extremely devastating for the entire infrastructure Um, especially out there in China Lake or the whole Mojave Desert really there's you know you have to have utilities running and essential services uh, out to all these facilities and uh, yeah you know as evidenced by the Hurricane Michael devastation of uh, Tyndall Air Force Base which now over a year later is still not recovered and and actually they still don't know the, the future of Tyndall Air Force Base um, this may be in the same boat where sometimes it's just cost prohibitive to, um, you know, to continue operations in a base. But China Lake is one of those that you always sort of hear about. Like I said, it's it's sort of a there's a mystique about it, and uh, I'm sure they'll probably get that up and running in the next uh, year or so. I, I would anticipate. But
2: now, Matt, the next story for you is has uh, got quite an amusing. Um, Headline.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's uh, now Armando. I'm. I need. And your...
2: I. I would never have expected this from this display team. No. I have okay.
1: To say. I. I need this. This uh, assistance pronouncing the. Is it Pat? Patrulé. Patrulé is Patrouille. that? Patrulé. Patrui. 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 Okay. I'll give it a go. Right. Okay. <laughs> wish me luck. <laughs> Just everyone. say so Right. indeed <laughs> the <D>, The aviationist <laughs> is the website, and the headline is Swiss Air Force. Uh, display team Patrui Suisse uh, is it Patrui Swiss uh, performs flyover at the wrong place. Now this yes <laughs> I, even I saw this. This is quite this was quite a, a, a bit of a surprise. So the F5E tigers of the acrobat of the aerobatic. You love the acrobatic display. thing. That, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm, I'm very
4: tired, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very sorry. Uh, well, the pilots uh, may be acrobatic while they do. Aerobatics. They might well be. Yes, that's a
1: good point. Yeah, good point. Well made. Uh, so. So the um. F5E Tigers of the aerobatic display team missed their target by about <laughs> six kilometres. A rather unusual uh, as well as a bit embarrassing incident occurred to the Swiss Air Force, his uh, Patrouille Swiss display team, on Saturday the 6th of July 2019. The, the team's jets were scheduled to fly over Langenbrook uh, uh, in northwestern... Uh, Switzerland uh, south of Basel where the commemoration of the 100th anniversary of the death of Swiss aviation pioneer Oscar Bider was held but they flew over a completely different place six kilometres away missing the target. Uh, Unfortunate circumstances were the route Uh, cause of the mistake according to a spokesman of the Swiss Air Force. In fact uh, uh, as reported by Le Martin media outlet uh, during the approach to the target the leader of the team spotted a large festival area uh, with a tent with a tent in, in the uh, mumslewill uh, which prompted him to fly over it the 31st yodel festival in northwestern <laughs> switzerland was being held there people attending this festival enjoyed the unplanned flyover such flyovers are uh, usually flown under vfr visual flight rules and vmc visual meteorology meteorological conditions using maps clock and visual references on the ground moreover the six obsolete f5e tiger jets flown by the team are not equipped with gps or other modern technologies that would help getting over to the right target at the right time <laughs> some display teams such as the uh, frecker tri- Tricolory display team uh, of the Italian oh, Air Force have their commander or other team members on the ground talking to the team on the radio to give advice as well as updates on weather conditions or other events occurring at the location of the flyover. For instance, the presence of a team member on the ground is crucial when the passage must take place at, a ve- at the very same time a VAP arrives or when a head of state lays a wreath of flowers at a monument, etc. Et the lack of visual contact with the formation during the approach to the festival would have helped the team would have would have helped a team member on the ground recognizing said mistake so i mean a Amando, what a, went wrong here? a lovely surprise <laughs> for the yodelling championships let's be honest
4: <laughs> i won I wonder if whoever was competing or yodelling at the yeah. time had to redo their their yodel can you do you redo a yodel
1: i don't know i suppose it is a, a yodel a yeah
4: yodel. <laughs> hey that's good i <laughs> mean uh, <laughs> You'd think these guys would be
2: good with Swiss watches, wouldn't you? Oh, dear Lord.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't call the F-5 obsolete. I mean, they're they're, they're still flying in some air forces. Um, Yeah, they probably, probably, you know, I've flown in Central Europe, and a lot of those valleys are, um, they look alike, and the villages look alike, and (laughs) there's a lot going on. Now, when you're flying... In formation like this, especially some of these display teams, the other pilots in the formation are looking at one thing and one thing only, and that 's the lead or their wingman yeah. um, and uh, so it 's up to the lead uh, to find the right place essentially <laughs> yeah so um, you know they 're just following the leader at that point, and uh, if you get if you get it uh, wrong or you know then sometimes it's uh, well I, I don't know you know it they, they doesn't sound like they had gps on board so there you go and,
1: and, and let's be honest in any plane six kilometers is naff all isn't it i mean it, it's, <laughs> it's, really it's, it, it's it's really not very much it's not at distance. all is it not uh especially if you're flying vfr i suppose you you know you see the big marquee you think that'll do yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very unfortunate yeah, it's a-
4: Sorry, Jeff makes a good point in the chat room, which is the, uh, the article about the Swiss display team is written by an Italian that made it all the way to second lieutenant in the Italian <laughs> Air Force, which is where you start.
2: Okay, right, okay. <laughs> good point. Nev, do you think they were using uh, Mac? Books to uh, do there?
1: Uh, absolutely um, not. I mean, because uh, they've no, been spot ha-
3: on, Hardly yeah. no. I wouldn't have thought so at all.
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> you really you you have to just get a I dig get in dig about any. Uh, it's just like it's, uh, yeah, I, I,
1: how reliable uh, is your iPad? By the way,
2: iPad. Um, it's
1: all right for right, work for yeah, work use. Yeah, honestly, for work use, yeah, we will convert him, ladies and gentlemen. No, if it, if it no. kills me, I will convert him somehow. No. Uh,
2: Nev, the next story is uh, actually it's quite uh, an important one, actually, for this set. It
3: is. Yeah, it's on the uh, Armando International. Mm. Sorry, is that right? Yes, ArmandoInternational.com website. And it says that uh, Spartan Leonardo adds firefighter role to C27J Spartan and uh, they have added the firefighting roles to this aircraft and uh, the uh, C-27J firefighter equipped with a roll-on roll-off fire attack system made by Simplex Aerospace. It represents an effective solution in airborne firefighting technology and capability. Leonardo told Armada that uh, International that the, uh, this enhanced firefighter configuration is a flexible solution enhancing the capabilities of the C27J multi-mission aircraft with significantly lower acquisition and operating costs than a dedicated firefighting platform. The simplex roll-on roll-off fire attack system can be easily installed or removed by a small team in approximately 60 to 90 minutes by the aircraft's rear loading ramp as no major structural modifications have been made to the airframe. The main tank has a maximum capacity of 10,600 litres which is 2,800 U.S. gallons and additional 568 litres which is 150 U.S. gallons of foam retardant can be added. Retardant exit is via S-ducts installed in paratrooper stub doors and uh, flow can be controlled to contour the drop pattern via variable butterfly valves controlled by rotary actuators in the S-ducts. Fill time is between 60 and 90 seconds whilst dispersal from the tank takes less than 7 seconds. These also emergency dump control. Uh, the firefighting system is one of the options that the c 27J customers can add to the Spartan's new baseline configuration, which incorporates a brand new avionics uh, system designed to comply with the next generation air traffic control requirements, new cockpit panels, and LED aircraft lights. Uh, the firefighting capability and the new baseline configuration are also being offered as a retrofit to current operators. Whilst offering the C-27J fighter with the Simplex fire attack system, Leonardo, in collaboration with European Skodev, consortium is also studying and testing the scodev scooping device that will provide increased operational flexibility by allowing the water tank to be filled from a stretch of water without the need for the aircraft to return to base mm. uh, these firefighting aircraft o- always fascinate me uh, the amount of uh, capacity that they have and their ability to mm. uh, actively um, you know dump the retardant on the uh, uh, on, the, on the fire area, it's uh, inc- incredibly, incredibly versatile aircraft, aren't
2: they? And it always amazes me as well that the the different aircraft that that, that can be used for this particular kind of thing. You know, you've got this the the, uh, the Spartan, and there's also you know they they've got a DC-10 which is also used for um, for this kind of thing as well for firefighting. Mm-hmm. And and the videos, some of the videos that I've seen uh, on the news and stuff of the DC-10 doing this kind of work. With the uh, the uh, you know the fire retardant stuff, and pulling these massive you know really high G maneuvers when they're you know releasing the retardant and pulling up at the end, and uh, it's just it does like you're saying, Nev. It is um, amazing seeing these uh, these these aircraft in in action.
4: Armando? Yeah, the uh, the C twenty seven it's you know it's sort of the air, the the cargo plane that never was. It uh, it's a great airplane that that never really found, uh, a, a, you know, uh, organization to take it on. So I think, you know, they, they, the, the, the U S air force was going to buy some, then that didn't really work out. The army had them for a little while. And I think those got transferred to the coast guard. So there's not a huge amount of them. There's some Australian ones. I think the Italian air force also works some, but, uh, yeah. yeah, however many there are out there, it's a, it's a good airplane. And, and, um, Firefighting is it is one of those unique roles. A, a lot of firefighting is being done by, uh, at least on the on the uh, propeller, piston, and, and turboprop side, by some pretty old aircraft, some some sort of 1950s aircraft. So getting these into the fleet of firefighting is um, probably a, probably a positive step. So
2: yeah, Mexico has some of these as well, Armando. Four of these.
4: Yeah, like yeah, it's there's um. There's just you know, sort of a, a couple dozen of them around the world, and um, yeah, it could have been bigger, but what are you going to
1: do? Neil Lamont says in the chat room that there. there was a set. There's a 747 as well, Carlos. Yeah.
4: There is a there great. Is. There are great Isn't videos the... of 747 and DC10 water yeah. bombers.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm I trying to think of the name there there's the the big company that has the 747 firefighter. I'm trying. I'm trying to think yeah. the name of the company now. It's no good asking me
1: <laughs> Anyway, uh, that is uh, where uh, we bring the military to a close. There is um, just the small matter of sort of what everybody's doing next week. Then really, so um, uh, Armando, anything exciting in the in the calendar for you?
4: I'm doing a lot of flying. So I'll be flying skydivers. I'll be flying cadets. Uh, I'm flying a different airplane that I'm getting checked out on. So mm. I think over the next week i'll i'll be flying four days maybe and probably about 12 to 13 total um sorties so wow
1: gosh busy busy time have you got you any, any any downtime over the weekend
4: um no Actually day i'll be flying saturday and sunday wow okay yeah Wow, uh, Nev, uh, what,
1: what, what's on mm. the interior? Obviously, because you've just come back from um, sleep,
4: I'd imagine. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yes, I suppose six or seven hours is, is still enough for a bit of jet lag. Mm, a <laughs> little bit,
3: yeah, but uh, no, it's not not too bad at the moment, I have to say. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm just obviously you may know, I'm just between jobs at the moment, um, but I'm doing some freelance work next week, so I'm flying off to Stockholm, Arlanda. Oh. Uh, For three days next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So looking forward to that. Got a mega deal on BA. Did um, you? Fifty quid uh, business class there and back, along with uh, thirty thousand Avios points. So uh, oh right. (laughs) I very, gonna, very, I was going to say, yeah, for uh, <laughs> me and even cheaper because I would get my son to drop me at the
1: airport. So very good,
3: yes. no car park charges either. So Ooh, even better, I Get then. you. Yeah.
1: I, I like what you're doing there. Is it, is it a secret project, or are we allowed to ask what you're up to? Oh, I'm just helping.
3: Um, in fact, as a company I used to work for uh, back in the late 90s, I'm just helping them with some uh, writing and. and oh, and fantastic! Pieces. So uh, yeah, looking forward to doing that. Seeing them again because I haven't seen them for ages. Oh, that's And great. Um, yeah, it's a nice, nice part of the country there, as well. Yeah, so cool.
1: And like uh, yeah, what, That's good. What, what are you up to? Will you go off to anywhere exotic in the UK this week,
2: Carlos? <laughs> ah, yeah, I thought uh, just for a change on uh, Monday, I thought I'd go to Coventry for the day. Right, OK. Um, is it nice is, in Coventry? <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> it's just fantastic. Uh, and apart from that, actually, I, I don't know whatever whatever else my wonderful boss Stuart throws at of me course, next week yes, um, to, to do. But uh, no, yeah. on going back to what I was saying at the beginning of the show, um had a, had a really good time at, uh, at the, the Aerospace Bristol Museum mm-hmm. and uh, there are some pictures which if you follow us on Facebook you would have seen I put some pictures on Facebook from mm-hmm. the museum. Uh, there's also some video and an interview as well which I've done uh, with uh, one of the guys at the museum which is coming up in a future podcast which is yep. also really good and uh, it's it's really honestly i'm not you know i'm just i'm just saying it as it is it is a, a really well run well put together uh, museum uh, which has a heck of a lot of heritage from mm. in and around the Bristol area because there was a lot of aviation uh, stuff going yeah. on in Bristol all through the ages. Mm. So, so if, uh, well so if, you, if you're in
1: Bristol, then it sounds like a, a place uh, any aviation enthusiast must go and stick their nose in.
2: And you have to drive past the Airbus factory on the way there, which is quite nice. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah okay. which is quite enjoyable. As you do. <laughs> uh, so don't forget, guys and girls, we, uh, we will all be uh, at the Biggin Hill Festival of Flight on the 17th of August. Hopefully Matt will... He's not 100% sure yet he might have to go and uh, take a bus load of kids to a Peppa Pig Cambridge usually um, but anyway <laughs> day or something yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's yeah, hoping to he's yes. hoping to Absolutely, but we'll uh, yeah. will be in hopefully we'll see some of you guys and girls at Biggin Hill oh. uh, on the 17th of August on the Saturday that'd be good to see you there yeah um, but yeah excellent uh, and Matt you. Uh, are you driving the the coach to anyway I, I,
1: I think i got i think i possibly got to london on thursday but other than that i'm pretty local actually this week oh no good yeah i know like sort of like it's uh, so sort of went to bewilderwood which uh, i think pip went went to not that long ago because he flew into a local airfield and that um which is great if you've got tiny children um bewilderwood is a, an amazing amazing place to be and oh and C- Colchester to zoo on monday i went I went to Culture Zoo Monday, just gone, visiting relatives, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, really Sounds good. Like yeah, not doing a lot. So, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, actually, boys and can girls. can I say another thing?
2: We've okay. we got a little bit of time. I'll, I'll,
1: I, I actually had the
2: chance to go somewhere quite interesting this week on one of my journeys. I'll be the judge of that. And, uh, actually, Armando may well know about this place, but I got the chance uh, earlier this week to go over to RAF Bent Wars, which used to be. REF bent wars. It's not now. It's uh, it was c- it closed down uh, quite a few years ago. Now I think it closed down um, off the top of my head. I think it was the nineties. I think it closed down. Okay. Anyway. anyway, yes. But anyway, <laughs> the, the the actual main the main base and everything is still. The buildings are still right. there. Yep. Uh, it's not an active base anymore. It's it's used mm. for storage and stuff. But I have to say, it was really, really weird driving through the taxiways, across the mm. runway, around mm. um, the hangar buildings, and around yes, all the I areas bet. that were obviously off limits to anyone mm. uh, back then. But it was, yeah, it was really quite yeah. weird yeah, driving around that base. But um, is that one you've, you've heard of, uh, Armando?
4: Yeah, it, well, I think we flew over it on our little tour of East Anglia, mm. didn't we? I think we did, actually. Yes, yeah. But the yeah, and uh, Bentwaters was a was a big uh, uh, USAF base. I think they even had some um, F 16s or something like that at at some point. And our special operations, but when it was back, our rescue squadron was right next door in RAF Woodbridge. Plus, but I think the the most uh, famous thing for Bentwaters Woodbridge was the woods in between, and that was the UK version of Roswell, where we had the UFO landing? UFO
2: stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 1993, that uh, station closed. But uh, like I said, it's still very much um, in use by various things. But I'll tell you what was based there, actually. Um, For those of you who love your gray stuff, it was the home of the A-10, the Thunderbolt, that uh, used to
1: be based there back then. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can do that by email, podcast at com. Uh, the website Uh social media, search for us using the handle talking uk. and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much where we bring episode 277 what about the acrobatics? to a close, the acrobatics, <laughs> well, yeah, we're, there's nothing wrong with the little acrobatics, you know, it's, there, there's, there's a gymnast in me there somewhere. So
2: that is where we bring episode number 277 to a close. Don't forget we'll be back next Friday uh, with a nice fresh show uh, with
1: uh, lots of Awesome content coming as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> promises, promises. Oh, yeah. you, should, you should never promise them things we can't deliver. Which is why we have a mat. That's <laughs> no, no, why no. we have. Matt. Why we have a Nev. Uh, has <laughs> <part. laughs> So, from me,
2: Carlos, here in the studio. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your summer here in the UK because it is sunny. Yeah, it's
1: and always sunny. Uh, sunny most places actually. It's most at places. the moment, isn't
2: it? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Take
1: care. Have a great weekend, everyone, and from yeah. everyone else. Yeah everybody else say goodbye everyone okay, see you. bye 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 bye